So in case you don't know, all, all these talks are on the website dharmaseed.org, dharma, D-H-A-R-M-A-S-E-E-D.org. And uh, they have, like, now they have like 75 of my talks, which, I mean, that'd be tortured to have to listen to those, but, because most of them are like, step one, step four, step three, step four, step five, God, step one, step two. Okay, we get it. You're into the steps. But uh, we, are, we are setting up, as I say, I'm kind of making this class a little more organized this year, and Spirit Rock is going to, by next month, we're going to have a page up on their website where I'm going to put up some of these exercises and some excerpts from the book. And so if you miss a month or if you want to let other people who aren't in the area know about it and who want to kind of follow along with the workshop, they can listen to it and then see some of the things we're doing, and we'll have kind of a a place where people can comment or write in maybe their responses to the exercises and things. So we'll see how it plays out, but I will let you know the details of that. And which reminds me, I was going to, part of my being a new organized Dharma teacher is that I'm going to ask people, if you want to sign up for my mailing list, um, you can go on my website which is kind of screwed up right now, but there somewhere if you go, if, believe me, if you go scroll down far enough, it's not supposed to be like that. But if you scroll down far enough, you will find something that says join the web, the mailing list. And there's one, there's two things. There's one just my general mailing list, and then there's my Spirit Rock or Bay Area mailing list. So if you want to be on that, you can sign up there. But I am going to put out this thing. God willing, all right, Buddha willing. Uh, Buddha is not willing. Uh, I'm tr- for some reason, one of my apps is not working. Uh, I, I, that I'll try to set it up so people, if they want to put your, give me your email address on here, rather than writing it down by hand. Although, maybe uh, Nicole can do that. Anyway, let me get out of this loop I'm in. So, as I was. Winding up this book um, and kind of trying to do the final edits of it, one of the things I realized was that um, my thinking about who this was for was kind of for people who had been in recovery for a while or who were going to kind of, this is kind of like an alternative way of working the steps. Maybe you've already kind of worked the steps. But uh, I realized that some newcomers might pick up this book by accident. And uh, so I, I, uh, then I realized that in my, step one, so I, uh, in my step one, I had a bunch of stuff that was relevant for newcomers. So I pulled that out and made a separate chapter called For the Newcomer. I told you I'm being very literal in this. But I thought we could do one of these exercises together tonight um, for the newcomer. Because, uh, you know, since we're, we're on step one, and it's always nice to review our past, those joyful days of yore. <laughs> There's a word you don't use enough, yore. So this exercise... It's called Control Yourself. I'm not sure why it's called Control Yourself, but anyway. 
One of the ways that many of us maintain denial about our addiction is that we appear to be controlling our behavior. I did this by counting drinks and being very aware of how much pot I was smoking every day. <laughs> what became apparent to me after I got clean and sober was that the very need to try to control my drinking and using was indicative of my addiction. I was constantly having to fight the impulse to binge. And the truth is, many times I failed to control myself, lapsing into drunken blockouts, vomiting, driving drunk, and all the other associated behaviors of alcoholism and drug addiction. For this exercise, please share with someone all the ways, or maybe just some of the ways, <laughs> that you tried to control your addiction, whatever it was, and all the ways that you failed, and maybe just some of the ways that you failed. As you talk about this, also talk about how it felt to be trying to control yourself. So that's the exercise. And so I would just suggest that you find someone, in the, you can turn to someone you're with, whether it's someone you know or not, but actually you should know them all by now since I suggested that you talk to anybody beside you who you hadn't met before. So, and so I will repeat, share some of the ways that you tried to control your addiction and the ways you failed at control and talk about how it felt. Okay? We'll do that for about five, seven minutes or so. Probably five minutes. Because I'll get there.
Okay. Thank you for participating in that exercise. Well, it's a recovery group. We like to talk. So I'd be interested to know if anything came up uh, that was, uh, well, I guess just that you would like to share about with the group. Um, Anything uh, that maybe you hadn't thought of in a while or that you had never thought of? Yes. We're going to use a microphone just so it gets on tape. Good. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, sure. What came up for somebody I just met and reminded me of where I came from was the shame involved in in uh, mm. realizing that how many times I promised myself I wasn't going to use, mm. I, I I'm using again, you know, yeah. uh, at the time. Yeah. So that's what came up for me. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Sure. you yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I have a big mouth too. So <laughs> um, I'm Susan. Hi. I'm an alcoholic. It just comes, it just comes out. <laughs> um, the um, th- again, the shame. It was, uh, but it was coming up in the conversation. I was feeling shame. Um, um, that not so much that I would. I never ever planned on not drinking. Really. I don't think. Right. I'd, or not too seriously, because uh-huh. I didn't. But it would be the <laughs> loss of dignity uh-huh. when I did. Right. The shame at the loss of dignity. Mm. And looking around at all my compadres, mm. I mean, one of my, like, especially I didn't, the, the Larkspur Ferry, oh, after the city, oh my God, it'd be three sheets to the wind before we even got back to Larkspur. Mm and then catch a feeder bus to Fairfax and stagger into one of the bars in Fairfax. Mm. And when I think about that, and then the next morning I'll be, oh, and, and everybody else will look fresh as a daisy. <laughs> and I would just go, oh, they don't feel my shame. Mm. You know, it was like I felt so alone, and I think that's mm. shame. Yeah. But just thinking about that, I hadn't thought about that in years, and yeah. talking about it, I'm feeling the shame now. It's well, I'm sorry. still in there. <laughs> I didn't that's mean to. The nature of the beast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, I, I realized as you were saying that, as both of you were talking about that, that that when I was reading through that part about like blackouts and vomiting and stuff, that I, I kind of sped up because I just kind of like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. you know, you know what I mean. You know, like, we don't have to go into details here, do we? Yeah, yada, yada, yeah. So yeah. It is hard. I mean, you know, we will not regret the past, but we will, you know. I mean, it's hard not to, you know. And, and the, good, the good news is that we will come to see how our experience can benefit others. So that's the good part about it. But, but the painful part, yeah, I don't think the, the negative part. 
still painful. It's still painful. Yeah. It is. It and is. When I, of course, my sponsees don't necessarily know that when I'm speaking with them, you know, yeah. I'm doing this struggle. This is what comes out of, you know, as you were saying, there's the tendency to uh, forget yeah. the actual element. Right. And, and isn't this one of the reasons why we go to meetings and why we share mm -hmm. is to not forget? Because, yeah, I mean, when, when everything is kind of in place in our lives and we're looking good, it's kind of like, oh, a glass of champagne at the wedding? Well, you know, I mean, I've got it together now. It was just a, those were just the, the mistakes of my youth, you know. And, and uh, to, to realize, I mean, I, I just, I feel that once I, that the, the full and total acceptance that I couldn't do this, that it didn't work, that there was no positive result. Uh, there had never been a positive result to my drinking or using. The, uh, that was has what I feel is what's really allowed me to stay clean and sober these years, that I just really, got, uh, when I got there, I got it, you know, and, and so that remembering, because it, 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 we need to really drill it in there, because there's, you know, it, it, if there's an out, if there's some way that I can imagine, you know, my out, before I got sober, my, my last thing was, okay, I'll, I'll do this, I'll get sober, but if I'm ever on the beach in Jamaica with a <laughs> pineapple, with the umbrella on it, you know, then, you know, all bets are off. And I, but, you know, the fact is that I was, you know, a starving musician, you know, in Venice Beach with, uh, you know, I wasn't going to be. It was uh, eventually, you know, 20 years later, I wound up on that beach, you know. Uh, but it just, and in fact, as I recall, like, doesn't, what's his name? Uh, Jimmy Buffett has a bar right there, too, you know. But, you know, but Margaritaville. yeah, Margaritaville. And it was like, oh, I mean, it just <laughs> seemed like the, the last thing I would want to do, you know. So the, the, as Larry was saying to me, was the, the talking about denial being the fog of war. It was like, you know, you here you are at this beautiful bright beach, and I, I want to make it really foggy, you know, kind of. Why would I want to do that? So, thank you. Yeah. I, um, my name's Michael. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, hey, Michael. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking about a sponsor of mine who said that um, before he could pick up a drink again, he'd have to start lying to you know, everybody that was important to him in his life. Mm. And, uh, and that's kind of what came up for me. Like I was trying to think, control my drinking or my pot use. I never really... I mean, I did. I tried to quit cold turkey and failed. But... I never tried to like only drink a six pack, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. but I tried to control the repercussions of it <laughs> by lying, uh -huh. by sneaking, uh, yeah. by uh, trying to cover it up, and um, and how isolating that was, mm -hmm. and how you know really it just turned into me wanting you know locking the door so I could drink the way that I wanted to drink, mm -hmm. and um, and then how. You know, the last time I drank, I was drunk, talking to my mother, telling her how I wasn't drunk, 
and how it was obvious that I was. Mm. So, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Mm. Whatever you're feeling right now, just remember, next month we're going to be on step two. So, <laughs> there's, there's uh, you know, we come to believe a power greater than us, whatever it might be. We will be restored to sanity. Thanks. Uh, hi, I'm Bob. And uh, I was basically going to talk about lying. You know, that um, I had. Can we trust you? <laughs> okay, now I'm going to really tell you the truth. Oh, okay. You remember when I said that to you? <laughs> right. There you go. So what were you telling me before? <laughs> right. <laughs> so now we're going to really be honest, Kevin, okay? Okay, um, go for it. All right. Now, I was just remembering in our conversation, because I had forgotten uh, how easy it was to lie, you know, that mm-hmm. it didn't, I mean, the only time lies felt like lies were if they were, you know, really about money or adultery or whatever, you know, serious things, <laughs> you know, lies about whether or not I drank last night, that's not a lie, you know, that's a way of life. Um, yeah. And the thing that I was thinking of was, I just saw Gravity, that film. Mm-hmm, yeah. And in a funny way, when I was using like that, that's kind of what it was like. There was no mm. gravity in my life. Mm. I was just, there was no yeah. up, down, yeah. whatever I needed to do <laughs> to use, that was on. And yeah. there was no morality, really, yeah. and uh, no compass. Yeah. And it was, that's a difficult thing about sobriety. Yeah. You know, people remember what I say. I remember what I say. Mm. It's really a drag. Yeah. And <laughs> people remember what I borrow. You know. Yeah. So, but it's at least there's gravity. You know, there's yeah. it keeps me on the planet. Thanks for that exercise. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm sorry that I didn't uh, have enough books for everybody tonight. Uh, they are available though on. Well, the best place for me for you to buy them is createspace.com, createspace. There's a link on my website. But they're also available on Amazon. Amazon just discounts them. When they discount them, they just take money away from me, I found out. It's interesting. Thank you for that discount. (laughs) So you're keeping the same amount, but you're just giving me less. They're on Create Space. They're fifteen dollars. Twenty-five bucks on Amazon. Right. No, Amazon. They're like twelve, sixteen, or something. Anyway, last time. Can I we trust you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's just. Uh, <laughs> so uh, now back to our regularly scheduled program. There's someone in the back there. I always like to get the person in the back. Oh, there we go. I feel like I should be in a rap battle or something. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Go for it. I'll see the worst thing ever. No, what came up for me was uh, just like in my use, it's like I feel like I'm very, being very innovative and creative with the ways I'm doing things. Like, man, nobody's ever thought of doing it like this. <laughs> and then you meet up like 50 other people. Like, yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah, right. Ego trip. You know, like, uh. And um, also, we were talking. <clears throat> And we both agreed that our best thinking when we were always going to get clean and sober was while we were high. And it sounded like a great idea. Like, Man, we got to get off this tomorrow. Yeah. And the next day you wake up sick like, 
Yeah, no. no. no maybe not. Maybe tomorrow. Let's let's go get good today. Um, so it's just, and then just the sheer insanity and delusional thinking, um, how I can like trick myself into thinking, you know, I can maintain this or control it. And realistically, if I'm being honest, I know I'm screwed. So, yeah. but that was all I came up with. Thanks. Now, I remember during the, uh, late nineties, uh, during the term, the second term of our the last Democratic president, when the term compartmentalize came into uh, popularity because he was apparently able to compartmentalize certain uh, relationships uh, from, you know, the rest of his life. And, and it, I just think of that as, uh, yeah, what, what, what I did uh, in my, because, I, you know, I, as is well documented, at least according to me, um, in some of my other books, you know, I was going on retreats. I mean, I was a serious Buddhist, and and still, you know, getting drunk in between retreats. You know, which actually I should have been in the Zen world because they do that like as part of the practice. You know, I, and at the end of the retreat, it's like you let's get drunk with the sake. You know, I, I was. I was just a regular Theravadan guy, just impro- improvising. But yeah, that's just right down the road. Over, so. I'm not going to cast dispersions. It's really there's actually a lot more awareness in all the Buddhist circles uh, now about that. Um, so, uh, whew. Well, this has really been fun tonight. We've got we've got a few more minutes and and. Um, I'm thinking that uh, I'd like to I'd like to read one more piece um, just to get since I haven't actually read from the official step one in here. So one of the things that I did uh, structurally with this book is that each step begins with a little piece called "What's this step about." And it's my effort to briefly summarize kind of the, my understanding of, the, of each of the steps kind of through this lens, through this Buddhist recovery lens, Buddhist 12-step lens. And, and it's kind of founded in the, the bigger uh, um, container of this, which I, I refer to in this little section, is the idea that, that the 12 steps and Buddhism are both really expressions of the same archetypal spiritual path, that there is something fundamental and fundamentally human and spiritual that um, they both are actually um, reflecting. Um, and I, and I think that we can find that path in, in probably in every religion. In fact, I'm, I'm teaching uh, in each January, just about every year now for the last 12 years, I've taught a, an introduction to Buddhism at St. Mary's College for their Jan term, which is uh, really a, a great uh, opportunity where I work with these college students for four days a week, two and a half hours a day for four weeks. And, and I teach them the practice and we go through all the fundamentals of Buddhism. And I'm going to bring them out here on, uh, 
Martin Luther King Day, the that Monday. Uh, but uh, you know, it's a Catholic school, and and uh, many of these students were raised in some kind of Catholic uh, family, at least, and um, and so we were talking about. I was talking about um, asceticism um, and the, the kind of uh, ways, you know, the Buddha kind of almost starved himself to death, those, those stories, and, and, and um, but then kind of saying, okay, well, that's too extreme, but even the monastics, some of the things they do are, you know, to really um, test themselves, to, to, to really challenge themselves to maintain a balanced mind. And that there's a sutta in which the Buddha says that if someone is sawing off your arms one by one and your leg, your limbs one by one, that if a thought of ill will arises in your mind, then you are not a true follower of his. Yeah. Which I think is setting the bar pretty high. Personally. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to probably say that I'm not really a true follower. And I was talking about this with the students, and, and I've, I've kind of, I, I've mentioned this sutta in my teaching. For some reason, probably over the last year, it's come up a, a bunch of times. It's called the simile of the saw. It's really, you know, it really is about a saw. That's one of those things you see the title, you think, I wonder what this will be about. The simile of the saw. This will be interesting. And then you're what? <laughs> <laughs> but it struck me, as I was talking about it this week, I suddenly realized that that's the same thing. That's what Jesus did when he was crucified. He was tortured, you know. And, you know, apparently they give him this crown of thorns, right, driven into his head. There's blood coming down. He's dragging this cross. They put him up the cross. They nail him to the cross instead of just normally they would just tie people to the cross, right? Because it, what, the, what, the way you die, many of you know, I'm sure, through crucifixion is suffocation. Uh, you know, they don't have to drive the nails into you, but they drive the nails into him. And what does he say? Forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do. So not... I thought, uh, no thought of ill will has arisen in his mind in that moment, clearly. And so that, to me, you know, these two paths are talking about this same bar, the same, this, uh, this is what we are, uh, this represents the perfection of the path, is that it's impossible for a, a thought of hatred to arise in the mind, that kind of, so, um, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's one example of the, the shared the way the different spiritual traditions express the same ideas, and and it's and it's funny. I mean, it. it I was really grateful for for thinking of that because I, having been raised Catholic and kind of rejected that as a teenager, I had this conflicted relationship to Christianity that I don't like. I, I wish I didn't. And, and so anytime I can feel, find a doorway to connect, it's like, oh, that's great. You know, so I don't know if it's useful. So what's this step about? Step one, according to Kevin Griffin. <laughs> the language of step one, especially the idea about, of being powerless, can distract us from what the step is really about, quitting. 
As much as the 12 steps in Buddhism are spiritual practices, they are both founded in action, in behavior. And the starting point of that behavior in the steps and in recovery is to stop doing what we've been doing. This is the simple function of this step, to change our addictive behavior so that we can start the work of recovery. I also find it useful to view step one as the beginning of a process, the archetypal spiritual journey. The journey starts in darkness, a bottom that wakes us up to the unworkable nature of our lives as we've been living them. Just as Buddhism starts with insight into suffering, recovery starts when we honestly confront our own pain. This may be as simple as a persistent cough triggering the thought, I'll never see my grandkids grow up if I don't quit smoking, or as dramatic as waking up from a blackout in a prison cell and not knowing why you're there. No one can tell you what your bottom is. I've been amazed over the years of my recovery to see how little it sometimes took to push someone over the line into a program, or on the other hand, how resistant someone could be to recognizing their need for help, even when everything in their life was falling apart. Yes, step one is about powerlessness and unmanageability, but both of those things are meant to motivate you to quit. I don't know if that's the whole story, but that's what's in here. So I think I'm going to leave it at that for now. Um, at least in terms of that, working with the book. There's another exercise that I had highlighted, but... Um, There's time for other things. (coughs) So, I guess, again, I'd just really like to um, reiterate this idea that we're going to do this work together. Um, You know, I've been sober for uh, about 28 and a half years. And I've been a Buddhist practitioner for over 30 years. And just as was mentioned earlier, I still feel like a beginner in many ways. Um, Thankfully, I'm not in withdrawal or anything like that. But, um, But the phrase from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous that really resonates for me is that our Sobriety is dependent upon our, the daily maintenance of our spiritual condition. And the word sobriety, I think uh, it's typically associated with alcohol, but um, there's also that expression, sober as a judge. Hmm. You know, and I'm not sure that's talking about alcohol, but it's talking about a kind of seriousness. Uh, uh, you know, I have another feeling about the word, uh, that sobriety is a spiritual state, a sacred state. It has nothing to do with intoxicants after, after a while. And um, life doesn't get easier <laughs> as you get older or as you are sober for longer or as you've been meditating more. At least it hasn't for me. It keeps changing it keeps presenting new challenges. And what 
this timeless wisdom of Buddhism and the timeless wisdom of the 12 steps give us are these timeless tools for dealing with those things that keep changing. Somehow these tools, because of their, I guess, I, I don't know, I can't come up with quite the right words. I'll say their perfection or their purity or their essence. I guess the fact that they are archetypal, that they're founded in something so essential. They're reliable in every circumstance. We can pra- when we practice these principles in all our affairs, it's because these principles work in all our affairs. When we apply mindfulness to every situation, it's because a mindfulness applies to every situation. So even as life keeps throwing challenges and difficulties, and each season, both you know, both the uh, you know actual literal seasons and the seasons of our lives, present us with new and different challenges. These tools are always reliable. And so it feels really right to me to start out again and to, and to really approach this process uh, anew, to deal with today's life. One of the things that I say in, in the beginning of this book is that I've heard the phrase, working the steps, ever since I first got in the program. And I know that some people have an idea of what that means. Uh, and it seems to be, certainly there's, there's some, some uh, orientation towards that means you should write things down. And that's never been my approach to recovery. So, because um, fundamentally I think w- we need to live the steps and, and imbibe them so that, when we, so that we are expressing them. But um, in any case, however you want to approach that, many of the exercises in this book can be done as written exercises, and I talk about that. Uh, so uh, if you've got a copy or if you're going to order a copy, uh, uh, this isn't all about selling books, but it's, you know, it'd be nice to retire, you know. Um, Uh, you know, I hope you will engage in the, in the work that I'm offering. And, and, and really, I have to state, uh, you know, uh, uh, with all honest, honesty, that I don't know if this is the greatest way or the best way to work with this stuff. It's what I have to offer right now. And, and one of the things that I'm hoping is that over the course of this year and maybe the next couple years, I'm going to learn from you guys... Uh, how to, what needs to be added to this. And in a couple of years, we'll have a second edition. And all your names will be in the back as people I thank. You know. uh, but if you do have suggestions, uh, you know, for things that would add to it, that you think you can suggest to me without hurting my feelings, which is a big challenge, believe me. <laughs> You could say something like, I know what you meant was this. What I heard you saying was something like that that makes me think I made it up. For some reason, I'm thinking of Chris Christie right now, but anyway, I don't know why that is. 
I'm not sure what the association was, but boy, I love that guy. I'm moving to New Jersey. Okay, so, so let's close with a little meditation. So this is the prayer that I use at the end of uh, some of my retreats. And actually, let's do it uh, as a call and response, if you don't mind. So just repeat after me. May all beings receive the blessings of my life. May all beings receive the blessings of my life. May I receive the blessings of my life. May I receive the blessings of my life. May those I love receive the blessings of my life. May those I love receive the blessings of my life. May those I do not love receive the blessings of my life. May those I do not love receive the blessings of my life. May those in this group receive the blessings of my life. May those of this group receive the blessings of my life. May all beings receive the blessings of my life. May all beings receive the blessings of my life. Thank you so much. I hope I will see you the second Friday of February. And by the way, that prayer is in the appendix. Please leave the chairs where they are. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.